All right, let's go ahead and get started so that we can almost be on time. Rock and roll, man. Welcome back to the second episode of season two, Tidepocalypse. <laughs> Tidepocalypse? That's what we're going with now? I mean, it was the Tide podcast, but Tidepocalypse is so much cooler. Okay, fair. Tide Mageddon. And I am super honored, man. We are joined by the, uh, as far as credentials and earnings go, the greatest Legends player in the world, Will. Whoa! I mean, I mean, you say that, but I, th- I think, I think Justin is is the great greatest uh, player. In no, terms just of- the most famous. There's a huge distinction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nowhere, nowhere near the best. Nowhere near. <laughs> oh look, I got a Twitch Prime sub from Justin. Oh, I see. Wow. <laughs> Let's I'm give his, just let, let's give this uh, dedicated sub a shout out real quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm his uh, I'm his subscriber. Indeed. <laughs> no, but like uh, in all honesty, Will, we're super excited to have you here. Like your performance at this tournament was awesome, and I can't wait to get into this discussion with you. Okay, great. Thanks. I I'm I'm happy to be here. Uh, I I really liked seeing you two on stage, <laughs> uh, casting. But it was oh, it, it was great too. Thank you very much. <laughs> So, uh, what I want to know is, when are we going to see Will's dad? Yeah, I, I Let's mean... Let's just like, get that right out of the gate. <laughs> I agree. I think this guy's been talked about enough. He needs to make an appearance on the podcast. <laughs> he, will, he, he, will, he will show up at some point, yes. and it will be a surprise. Okay. Oh, this, that is amazing. <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> right. what I wanted he, to hear. He will not be saying anything to the podcast, but you will be able to see him at some point. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. All right, so we're going to attempt to make this almost sound like it's a real production here. All right. Um, We're joined by Will. He was the Master Series champion from uh, the big $50,000 tournament that culminated at QuakeCon. He goes by Please Don't Hack Me in-game. You may recognize him from the ladder crushing you. Um, So why don't we give Will a chance to introduce himself, kind of tell us fun tidbits uh, about himself, things like that. And then, and then I have a question, like a, a real question I want to ask that's been bothering me since the Master Series. I mean, I don't think there's much... I, I play. I, I, start, I started Elder Scrolls Legends like, you know, like a year and a half ago, and I've just really liked the game. And uh, I, I don't have CCG experience like a lot of the other players, but I, I mean, you can overcome that if you like, if you like and try enough to learn the game so i don't know i think you've said pretty much everything i am in school but i don't really care about school so that's irrelevant right <laughs> what are you studying i'm technically studying finance but i want to switch to computer science which there's a whole bunch of shenanigans include revolving my school where i don't even know if they're accepting whether or not i switch and i have to pick my courses after i find out if they let me oh, wow. and school starts in like two weeks but because of the strike, they still haven't got, got around to it yet. So I have no idea what's happening. That's amazing. <laughs> so you said uh, you have, yes. After one of your uh, after one of your matches, yes, there was an interview portion, and somebody asked you if your dad was proud of you yet. Ah, yes, that was that was Corey. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. So. What actually happened was <laughs> on the first the first qualifier when I qualified on Saturday I streamed my run and Corey came in and asked me actually no uh it so so basically at, at some point he asked me if my dad knew about the tournament and then on Sunday 
he asked me if my dad was proud of me for qualifying. I, or I don't know if it was Sunday or on Saturday when I did like the unofficial casts of the tournament. But a- after I qualified, he asked me if my dad was proud of me for qualifying. And I explained to him, no, because one, I didn't come in first and it was only the qualifier. <laughs> and two, because I, I hadn't I, I hadn't won QuakeCon yet. So at that point in time, he said, he's, uh, I had to tell him, no, my dad was not proud of me. And then when, at QuakeCon, the, he greeted me and asked me again if my dad was proud of me that I was there. And again, I had to tell him, uh, no, my dad said only if I come in first or second. So when I finally won, Corey, Corey had to ask me once more. But of course, at that point in time, my dad did not know. <laughs> what a fucking journey, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. Generally speaking, is your family like uh, supportive of you pursuing competitive gaming like this? Well, I guess, I guess it's um, my my dad kind of has like uh, no idea of how it, how all of it works. My mom is like okay with whatever I do as long as I do it properly. My yeah. sister um, basically is would be okay with it if it were to go down that road. But obviously, as it is now, I still have to worry about the other other priorities more because it's not um that serious yet right it's kind of that maybe like some people think it's not sustainable that sort of thing well as as it is it's not but like right yeah. i mean you you won quite a bit of money i mean and I, I know that I, I, it was, I, was, uh, I, I know we were choking about like what we were gonna buy when you got home you talked about student loans which i thought was great and also i feel your pain there uh, <laughs> is there any is there any like just totally self-indulgent purchase you've made since you returned your home uh, no, I mean, the, let me put it this way, right? It's so first of all, the money I made is almost like I had maybe a part-time job during school or a job during the summer, which I didn't have. And I actually did spend all of that time doing something I liked, which was playing Elder Scrolls Legends. And I did that already voluntarily. So, you know, I, <laughs> if I have fun doing it, why, why change now? Just because I have access to money, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but you could get like a really sweet microphone. I, I, I mean, I. They made me spend fifty dollars for a microphone, for, <laughs> for casting the qualifiers already. So I think I'm okay with it. Is uh, uh is is casting and uh, I mean, like, are you do you want to leverage? I guess is my question. This success into like a more advanced role in the community in general. Um, I mean. It it would depend what that entails, but that it it would it would be cool as long as I have the time to to like follow up with that, right? Um, yeah, I think it would be cool. For some self indulgent perspective here, uh, yes, my legends career kicked off when I won the very first legends tournament two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, put it down. It took it took nine minutes for Justin to bring it up. Nine minutes. That's how long. Nine minutes. That's how far he made it. Okay. Not even double digits, folks. That's Before true. you continue, okay, I, okay. So I, I will. I promise I will let you continue. But I just want to mention. Yeah. Since I wasn't around that time, I didn't know about it. But I found out uh, when I was checking the vod of the tournament, and I remembered you. You mentioned it uh, when CBH <laughs> was talking about how the the new tournaments are coming up, and you. Yeah. You. I. I. I very specifically remember you. You saying, and shout outs to me for winning the first one. <laughs> but do continue do continue i want to hear 
No, no, there's nothing to say. I mean, it was an epic performance. Like, I was hailed as a hero, and, uh, you know. <laughs> you're still a hero. <laughs> not a you're, you're more of a hero no. of means now. I, I want to talk about old Justin for a minute, because everybody oh, knows face paint <laughs> Justin, okay? Everybody knows lovable meme deck Justin. Do you want to know what Justin was like, closed beta, and like that first month of yes. open beta? Yes, I, yes, I do want to Justin, know. Justin was playing a deck that was so expensive to craft, it was called Money Scout. Like, you would you would spell scout with the dollar sign, right? So this, is, this is not new player friendly, right? This, this is the spikiest of spike, the most asshole... Like, you know, you know how when new players, they pick up a game and they're like, I don't know how I compete against these guys that play all their legendaries. That used to be Justin. So for all the like him killing Iron Atronox on the ladder nowadays, wait, wait, there was wait. a time when he was, he was the scumbag. It was scumbag Larson and his money scout list. Yeah. But, but how, how good was the legendary in the deck? I mean, it's oh, tough to I, say, right? Like I, mean, I spent most of my, I spent like a lot of time in the, top 10 legend for like three months uh but the deck itself it's debatable how good it was i yeah, think I mean, honestly, it, was... it just i i had spent so much more time playing in closed beta than a lot of the people in open beta you know when that started playing then that i just had a huge advantage <laughs> i mean the thing if if you add legendaries for the sake of having more legendaries then i think that that's a, still a pretty good meme in and of itself sure yeah. but like when the game first launches and nobody knows what's going on, <laughs> there's no like strategy involved. So as a rule of thumb, like before a meta develops, if you just cram the most powerful cards into your deck and you go, well, these are the rarest, so they must be really powerful. It probably works. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a curve here. Maybe I won't. Like it worked <laughs> oh. enough. That reminds me of something CVH said once. He, he said that when he started playing, he like he looked up people who had been building decks in closed beta, and he found my scout deck, and he just net decked, and he's like, oh, this guy must be good. And then he played it for a while, and he's like, I don't know what's wrong with this guy or this game's community. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually, okay, so this is actually not much of a story, but it's just, it was actually so, like, intensely burned into my memory that I still remember it to this day. And it, it, you guys reminded me of it. So what happened was it was like right after I started and I was like rank like 89 and a half, <laughs> not legend, not legend. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I ran into this particular guy. I don't remember who he was, but I very specifically remembered every single card he played was a unique legendary. No, no, yes. not premium, premium legendary. Not only that, but he also put me in the dump. <laughs> I, I very specifically remember this 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 point in time that makes sense man sounds awesome sounds yeah you know what that probably was that was Maybe probably was somebody that was, no it was probably somebody who just watched justin's video uh the one percent or whatever and he was like i want to do this because i want to do everything justin does same reason i've been running into support mage for like the last week <laughs> wait what I, i've seen like only dust on support mage I ran into like, Person of Secrets and like three other people across a two-day span. Like that's not a coincidence. Nobody no, just no. says, "Oh, I'm gonna pick this up." Like, God, I really pray that the support mages you ran into were net decking Dust or Person of Secrets and not me. <laughs> Why? Because you don't like facing them. I, I remember. No, no, that. because those two guys are really good at this game. <laughs> oh, I thought it was in relation to your Hive Offender post. I remember that one too. No, no, that was in response to me 
<laughs> running into my own deck, my own exact list, and realizing how fucking awful it was to play against. <laughs> it's like, oh, dude, this is just not fun. Um, so, okay. How, yes. how, why don't you recap for us a little bit, like, your experience meeting the other 15 players? Because, I mean, that had to be kind of a cool experience. Oh, it was, I mean, that that's what made, made it so great. Um, like, if I were to lose, then it would be okay, because going there and meeting everyone was already, like, so cool, right? Yeah. I think I, I think being able to really chat with everyone, like, face-to-face, um, and actually connect with them as a person, as, and not just as a player, is, like... You can't you can't dislike them anymore. No matter what, they, you can, like you you can face them on the ladder and they can hit you with like the stupidest thing and you can lose in the most degenerative ways and you can't dislike them anymore because you actually like talk to them in person and they were cool. You know. Wait, did you meet the same Justin I did? Because I can still dislike Justin every time I run into him. Dude, goddammit. <laughs> I don't actually. We. I don't know if I've ever run into you on the ladder. I'm not sure that I have either. Yeah. I don't think I've faced either of you on the ladder. Yeah. I know well, I've I mean, played you. I'm pretty sure five serpent anymore. I'm I mean, pretty like, sure I've lost a will on the ladder. I know I lost a will in a Tussle Championship series. What? Yeah. I lost to you in the first round because uh of uh prophecies. And it, like I remember very specifically afterwards you messaged me and you were like, Hey man, great game. I got lucky with some prophecies because we were both playing like some tempo decks and I got wrecked by prophecies. Me playing tempo yeah. How long ago was this, this? This would have been like six or seven months ago. It was probably like maybe right when you were first like playing tournaments. Like I remember because you were so excited and you messaged me and I was just like, oh, this is a cool dude. And but yeah, you totally knocked me out round one. Wow. It's only only the second time I've been knocked out of a round one, which is exactly why I remember it. The only two times I've ever been knocked out of a tournament round one are you and Aini. So that's uh, that's really good company. Yeah, I, I I honestly cannot remember playing tempo decks. Yeah, <laughs> forget forget tournaments or facing you. I can't remember even playing tempo decks. Yeah, it was uh you and uh, I you and I both were on uh, like tempo-y mid-range lists. Um, you I remember specifically you had an archer and an assassin. Okay, um, okay. I, re- I remember this. Now. I remember. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Because we both had really similar lists, and we talked about it afterwards. Uh, and you were really nice, and I was just like, oh yeah, this this is this is cool, and. Uh, yeah. Running into playing against Charmer in general is not a very memorable experience. Like I don't, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Uh, I, I, I didn't play in much tournaments before um, the the community tournament on the week that Warp Meadow was on break a few months ago. That was like my first. That was when I started playing in like tournaments frequently. Before that, I, I, I don't even remember how long ago it was that, that I played a tournament before that. But yeah. <clears throat> I, I don't I don't often you won't often find me playing decks that go face. Sure. Yeah. Good. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Just good. That's awesome. I, I mean, I thought I thought you would prefer prefer decks that go face when you talked about the support mage. Um, no, 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 no. Look, there's a difference between what I want to play against and what I want to play, right? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> listen, Justin's perfect game of legends is one that takes an hour and a half. Yeah, ne- neither won. player attacks throughout the entire thing and the player yeah, the player who wins wins one of two acceptable ways either yeah. fatigue but yeah. fatigue post a journey so like you play yes. through a whole yes. deck 
recycle, play again, and then fatigue. That's one acceptable way to win. The yes. second is if a random card creates a random card creates a random card creates Unite the Houses or Jarl. If it's not one of those two things, it is not an honorable game of Legends, and you must commit Sudoku. Yes, except Sudoku is a numbers game. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I meant Subaru. No, no, love. That's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Oh. Um... <laughs> so... I, I also recall when uh, CVH was asking what you, uh, you want us to see out of this mud crab, and I think I think you said uh, mud crab into like Wabajack, <laughs> into like Castellan, into Dagoth, or or something like that. Yeah, uh, that's the kind of experience that I was really hoping to be able to cast. <laughs> oh, I mean that that would be that would be pretty hilarious if that actually happened on stage. Yeah. I, I kind of wish that happened. But I think we've had enough RNG moments, even without RNG cards, off of certain top decks. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, I actually, I, th I really did think that the, the Master Series in general was like a perfect blend of like, uh, like incredibly exciting oh shit moments and like top notch, like well reasoned, thought out gameplay. Like it really, it had the mm -hmm. high drama, but it also had like the, the high intensity, like thoughtfulness that like we yeah. would expect uh, from these players. Yeah, uh, I really, I really liked the display, and I really, really, really liked. I can't stress how much I liked it. I, the diversity that you could see, whether in in playstyles, in deck building, in like classes, in literally everything you could name, there was yeah. so much diversity. Yeah, yeah everything except casters. <laughs> I, I mean, oh, I mean, low okay, blow, dude. Let's not talk about that, but. <laughs> Like despite you know every single month you've got pe every so many people complain about meta being stale, meta uh, like oppressive decks, decks being OP, and then you see the first big tournament and there was like almost no pattern. No, none whatsoever. I I talked about that a bit when I when I had the like chance to actually talk, Justin, and uh, yeah, I was super excited that we had. I mean, we had mid range, we had aggro, we had control, we had combo, we had. Every, almost every class covered. I mean, Monk was the only one that didn't show up, and I don't think any of the players there would have been surprised if somebody had brought Monk. It's not like it's like mm -hmm. that basement tier, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. I think that said so much about the game and just the overall balance. Um, it was it was refreshing. Yeah, um, I think I think a, the the class that was second to Monk was. Uh, spell sword uh thanks to joe bring the one once i don't think anyone else brought spell sword but you know i don't think it would have been any more surprising if there was a monk instead of the spell sword or even one of both right yeah <clears throat> it, it was it was beautiful it was it was definitely beautiful um i am I, I actually do think that the balance patch was successful exactly because that you don't have like some a bunch of people bringing the scout the only yeah, issue was I that agree. now almost nobody brought scout and that was a bit large change but you know i think i think the goal of the balance patch was achieved so yeah i, I do like that. I, I actually i don't think we could have asked for a better time balance patch as far as like the result it had on on the meta i thought yeah, it was I, th amazing. I think the result was definitely good yeah yeah i was i was supremely impressed i mean like as we started getting deck lists and like uh CVH and, and Charmer and I were talking about him. Like we were just, I, I like I couldn't stop fucking grinning. I could not stop grinning because like this was like, going to be an amazing experience. I knew just looking at the lists. Um. Oh, actually, one more thing. Uh, I I know Charmer said there was plenty of every archetype, including combo. I saw I was able to see 
almost no combo because my Taiwan <laughs> deck was banned every round. All yeah. five. Do you think that was so, the right move? Um, I, I was actually super surpri surprised that Karakon banned it. I think it was correct for the other four to ban it, but Karakon was the only the only lineup with all four aggro decks, and I think my battle yeah. mage and mage was actually better suited against the aggro matchup, so I was surprised. You know, Santos Vela said something about that to me. He's like, you know, because he, he identified a lot with Karakon's duels lineup, said, hey, this is a guy who did something similar to what I did, minus the Savage Ogres. And um, he's like, I don't ever plan on banning... Uh, Talvani. I, I'm just going to beat Tri uh, Talvani down. I'm going to ban Tribunal if they have it, and then I'm going to go out for the deck that can race me. Yeah, um, I, th I think uh, like Talvani has has defensive options, but they're less. They're not as good as at one for one, and aggro decks are generally like built to snowball lead. So if you're if you're up in creatures, that's always good for you. And if right. Tribunal keeps you down on creatures, that's not good. For example, I'll, I'll just give you a quick example. Um, I know it's not uh, applicable to Santos aggro decks per se, but like a lot of cards need other cards to, to get value out of, like Halfinger, Mighty Conjuring. If you destroy all their five plus creatures the turn they're played, it's extremely difficult to get Mighty Conjuring down before like turn 10 with the Ancestor. Um, like Fifth Legion Trainer, like if you execute that right away, it's just going to be a different story. There's mm -hmm. stuff like that, right? So uh, aggro decks are definitely... Yeah, Savage, Savage Ogre is very difficult to get through if your creature can't attack in the first place. Yeah. So, <laughs> see, yeah, uh, I I would never like question Karakon Jewel because yeah, he's a great player. But yes, I do remember yeah. saying during the cast that I had wondered if he was going to actually do the Telvani ban or if mm -hmm. he was going to try something else. Like I thought he might actually take a shot at uh, potentially your mage deck as the ban. And my reasoning behind that was that as far as Telvani goes, outside of your lethal creatures, you didn't have a lot that could really deal with the big creatures that he had. Mm -hmm. And so, like, even if you do have Vipers and stuff, if they hide in the Shadow Lane for at least a turn, you they might be able to push through. And then the other reason that I was considering that he might let it go was he was running the full suite of Withered Hand Cultists in every deck, yes. right? Yes. So if there was ever a lineup, I felt like, hey, they might be able to let Will, like, get away with Telvani or they might be able to disrupt it. I felt like his had the best shot. Um, mm -hmm. Again, like I'm never gonna second guess it because he's a great player and he's I'm sure he's put yes. in a lot more time testing. But just like on the surface, as an outsider looking in, if he would have banned something else, I I wouldn't have like blinked. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think there is relevance to also player preference. I know that he is definitely not a fan of Talvani in general, so I think that may be um, a relevant factor. Um, about I just want to make a quick note. He had three tricolor decks and warrior and i had one tricolor deck and three dual color decks i banned the one dual color deck and he banned the one tricolor deck so it was three dual color decks versus three tricolor decks in the finals i just want to make note of that however relevant you may find that <laughs> oh man i i you know as as i was leaving QuakeCon, like the next couple days, I was still like, it was like a come down, right? It was like, mm -hmm. it was like a hangover. Like I was, <laughs> it was, it was such a great experience being with you guys. And, and I think in particular that, that last night when we went to that, that weird barbecue place, mm -hmm. like that was just one, I mean, honestly, one of the coolest experiences I've ever had in my life. It was so I much agree. fun. I agree. I, th um, I think I think it was also super cool to listen to some of Josh's opinions as a developer and what he like wants out of cards oh, yeah. what he what what he hopes to achieve when he designs cards 
um, and like what he considers good and what he considers bad. Like I was definitely, I was kind of surprised to hear that like um, what he regarded as one of his greatest failures was not something that we see, you know, very uniquely, but rather a card we like just a good card that we see a lot of, and that was Endoro Mastermind. So obviously, it, like it, it created a lot of interesting um, decks. It causes a lot of consistency thing i, I thought i thought it, i was kind of surprised that that was one of the cards he uh finds the most problem with so it was definitely cool to listen to um what he thinks especially going forward and what i can expect yeah talking to him was an absolute blast and i, and I really think that having one of the designers on board as a, as a caster at events mm -hmm. like this provided provided a whole lot of great opportunities both for players to get to know him for him mm -hmm. to offer some you know really unique uh commentary like i having josh involved was an absolute like pleasure yeah uh and as a bonus he was also very good at card games yeah i mean absolutely like this is a guy who the week before was getting second place on the pro tour <laughs> yeah I, I've heard a lot about it, but I still don't even know what the Pro Tour is. But it, sound, it sounds very prestigious. It does. So, uh, It's, you know, it's the best Magic players in the world playing for inadequate amounts of money. Less money, actually, than you played for. <laughs> really? That's surprising, considering how big MTG is. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to pretend to understand that, that their economic plan. But... Uh... Hmm. I yeah, I don't I don't understand a lot of what's going on over there. There's some there's some turmoil kind of in general about things. There's a lot of unrest. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Will, just because it wasn't something that us casters got to experience. Um, what was it like to like actually play on the stage? Because I know that there were the non-stage matches that you played at the tournament right but then like when you're on the stage what was that experience like and how much different is that from like playing at home and like what does it do to your mindset because that's unique um, right yeah uh i i think it was definitely less stressful than you expect first of all um but there was definitely don't get me wrong there was it was very unique but it wasn't that stressful and i'll explain a bit more but first i just want to mention a few things um Playing off stage was very different from playing on stage, and it was actually surprisingly close to playing at home, except for having trouble with accounts and uh, computer settings. It was too bright for me. I had to turn down the brightness the st as the first thing. Um, uh, but get getting on stage, okay, there was there was one thing was during my semi um, during my quarterfinals, I missed lunch, and during the finals, I missed dinner. So that was something. That that happened with playing on stage that wouldn't happen off stage um playing on stage though i i that i ended up actually focusing a lot more on the game because there was nothing else to distract me right off stage there was a lot of times during my opponent's dinners where i would just look at the um staged game because like i was just waiting but on stage there's nothing else like there's nothing else you for you to do to distract you so you can actually focus a lot more may, probably even play better at least probably in my case um it to know that you are being watched is isn't that bad like you know i stream all the time so i already know i'm being watched although on you know um, on the stage i don't have to interact so it doesn't hurt my play uh I, I think like it's actually not that stressful as long as you you just focus on the game and do your best now person of secrets said when he made his misplay that he could hear even over the like white noise that they were pumping into your headphones. Could you hear as well? Uh, 
Okay, so the white, the noise canceling headphones, they don't get rid of noise. They just make outside noise blurry. So it's it's less about making sure that you can't hear anything and more about making sure you can't tell what it is you're hearing. So you can't hear the casting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can hear the casting, you just can't tell what they're saying. Right, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I gotta say, one of the highlights for me, and I think for a lot of viewers, uh, was when we had the face cams on, and I'm thinking in particular of that moment against Person of Secrets, your reactions to some of these moments were, was just fucking epic. Like, uh, I mean, like, I think it really, those those face cams pushed things into, like, they, they humanized you, uh, you know, as players, and watching you slam your hands on your head when he hit that Black Hand Messenger, and then your response when he didn't kill you with it, I mean, like, that, that really, to me, like, sent home, hey, this is a guy going through a lot right now. I mean, I think, okay, so... I know, I know I was the person on stage, but I think like to, it's important like for people at home to be able to watch and feel like they aren't, like not feel intimidated, not feel out of place and feel like they could be that too. And I think that's really important because like I basic, like I don't have CCG experience. I basically had no idea what I was doing until a year ago. So I, everything was pretty much self-taught over the course of a year. So I, I think people should understand and feel like they can do it too. And I, I think being able to see them and understand that it's all, they're also people just like you, it helps, helps them not be intimidated by the competitive scene. Yeah, absolutely. Not to say that was why I reacted that way, but that's just a side <laughs> comment. <laughs> no, I can appreciate that. I... I mean, I, I would have fallen out of my chair. So, like, congratulations yeah. for remaining upright. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were all we were all like reacting. I, said, I fell off the bench almost. I think I was in the audience when that happened. Yeah, we were all have reacting you... pretty uh, exasperatedly back there as well. Have you ever fell out of your chair while recording or playing Elder Scrolls Legends? Uh, unintentionally while like playing by myself because like I just kind of like swirl my chair around and stuff but no I've thought about doing it for dramatic effect but then like (laughs) no I mean honestly it's something that crosses my mind I'd be lying if I say I hadn't thought about it but uh I haven't done it yet have you um no I I know Aini has yes I know Aini has fallen out of that video that was epic I have uh tripped over a dog while recording Cause I was like getting up, but like, you couldn't see it. It was like off camera. Like I'm getting up and then the dog was to my left and I tripped over it and, uh, like kind of fell, but not, not like on camera. Um, but a fun behind the scenes fact, uh, we did get the go ahead from ESL during the qualifiers that if something absolutely bonkers, ridiculous happened, I was allowed to get up and throw my chair. Ah, oh, throw your chair at justin no just like throw my chair and then like walk out of uh like throw my chair to put the headphones down and walk away because i'd asked ahead of time i was like how oh. like how uh how bold of a reaction am i allowed to go and i yeah. i just picked the most ridiculous thing i could think of right just to kind of test so i was like what if i want to like want to throw a chair and like they thought about it for a minute and he was like yeah yeah i think we can make that work and i was like oh okay well now i know what i'm working I, with do you- yeah i i I love how um, interactive you guys were, even though you guys were like being official and like flown out and in person on the stage. Like ju- how Justin put a shoe on his head just because someone in chat said to do it. I, th- I thought that, I thought that was amazing. Um, that that was great. 
Those those uh, ESL guys, I gotta give them credit. Like they were down for anything we threw at them. I mean, really I think were. that's that. I think I would hope so, given that you two are the people they chose for casters, <laughs> or else they'd be putting it to waste. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. I you know it, I will say like uh, Derek and I had like four hours of rehearsal time when we went to LA the first time the day before we started doing all this, okay. and I think it really really helped. And I okay. wish we had had that time with the three man panel that we did at QuakeCon. Okay. Yeah, I would second that for sure. You guys didn't get much rehearsal time, or now the Quake guys took most of it. <laughs> yeah, the the Quake, oh, okay. Quake guys uh, they went a little long, and then there was like some teardown uh, and like set change issues, and so like we did get rehearsal time, but it was like rushed, and we didn't get through everything we wanted to. And I know I've said this um, like on Twitter and in other places, but uh, the three man desk was definitely throwing me personally. Just yeah, because, yeah. you know, I, I can imagine that. Yeah. Like when it's Justin and I, not only mm -hmm. did we like work out hand signals where if somebody wants to like get something in, like I could just kind of like side point real quick. So mm -hmm. like we had our own system, but then also it's just very natural and conversational when the other person yeah, like exactly. pauses, you know, it's your turn to jump in. Yeah. But with the three man thing, I kept having mm -hmm. like long periods where like i just wasn't talking at all because every time somebody would stop talking i would like wait for the next person to start or is it my window and there's like that weird in between so like it was really throwing me for a bit yeah, when, like when one person stops you don't know if it's your turn or the other person's turn yeah. right <clears throat> yeah it was yeah, hard to pitch back and forth with three people but it's one of those things again i think with more practice we would have done fine uh, i think day two is better than day one. Oh yeah i think we would certainly improve a lot given some more exposure yeah mm -hmm. um i, I want to say that this is just a completely unrelated note but e tessel a very skill intensive game um no matter how good you are that you will always have a lot of times where the plays are not optimal uh i may have won but after watching the vods and checking my games i noticed almost every game a number of times when i said i could have done this better or i could have done that better so I, th I think it's important to understand that like yes you probably um maybe you saw a misplay and that yes you probably may have made that one decision better but that one moment doesn't mean that the uh, the player up there is bad or like you know like they may have made an ob obvious misplay but they're making like there's just so many decisions to make it's impossible yeah. to to just not trip up here and there. I, th I think that's important to keep in mind. That's a really good point, and I think something that a lot of people uh, need to hear from a, a player of your caliber with your success rate. So I appreciate you shouting that out. Yeah, I mean, I say it all the time that, like, I'll record stuff, and I almost always will find more play mistakes in my wins than my losses. Mm -hmm. Like, when I watch it back for YouTube, if I've been recording games, there are some times where, like, I'll win games, and I'm like, I'm never showing that to anybody right like i don't know how i won i don't deserve to win because i saw just like endless play mistakes but i i catch them all the time and i'm nowhere near like you know top echelon so like i can't yeah uh, i can't imagine that there's not still those constant moments right like when you watch it back where you're just like this this could go either way or this is a really interesting decision tree or yes um i mean i i, I want like about that, like, 
the re I think when you lose, a lot of the times, like you'll be almost helpless. So you'll have a lot of moments where your decisions don't matter. But when a game is really close or a game you're winning, you've got a lot more room for decisions. So it's easier. There's more time, time and chances to make mistakes as well. No, that's an interesting thought. Just I mean, you can just win more games to, to let yourself have more uh, room for mistakes, right? Is, is that how this works? I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes and I have not won a lot of games. Yeah, I was going to say, Justin, <laughs> Justin's bailing out of this conversation because we're talking about winning. Look, plus, honestly, I never watch back my own stuff. Like, I find it really hard to. I, I usually I usually don't, but yeah. for for like competitive games, like specifically when right, it makes sense from that perspective, absolutely. Because I'm really trying to make no mistakes, right? Like on stream, I don't care about the game. I I, I stream to talk to people, so I don't yeah, I actually yeah. don't care about the gameplay. But on, like on stage, right? I'm doing my best to make sure I can win, have the highest chance of winning. So if I'm seeing the mistakes in that scenario, it's much more valuable. Yeah, I totally agree. That makes sense. I think I think Derek was about to make fun of me. I mean, am I breathing? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. So, Will, let me ask you this: uh, There's been no announcement of any future, you know, tournament plans, any anything concrete. Yes. Although, you know, you know, obviously we we heard some stuff while we were there. So, without addressing like anything specific, where do you want to see the competitive scene of Legends go? Um. Bigger, grander, more people trying, more people having time to practice because they feel like it's a worthwhile um, investment in time. Like there's something that they can afford putting time in to practice and not something that it's like, oh yeah, it's just, you know, something I, I barely have time for, but I, I'll just, you know, spend what little time I have to play in these qualifiers, you know, big enough that it's important enough for people to have better um, preparation and uh, participation. Oh, fair enough. Uh, are you considering like, I mean, like, you know, I guess I touched briefly on like ways that you want to parlay your um, success into, a, you know, maybe a bigger role in the community. I was wondering if you had any specific ideas for things that you were uh, considering doing now that you had this, you know, increased size of platform. Well, I mean, I think my main plat um, goal is always to be a streamer as a member of the community. But I I know that before, especially before joining Team Rankstar, um, I had a lot of questionable image building. So I'm going to probably work on that before anything else. Anything specifically about that you want to address? Um, I, I know a lot of there's a lot of people that think I'm toxic. And that in particular, I'm trying to address. Okay. I mean, you know, I, I have to be honest. I, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. I've always thought you were a pretty nice guy. <laughs> but I, I also like, just don't pay a whole lot of attention to what's going on around me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I could expand if you really want me to. Uh, it's up to you if you want to address it or not. So basically what happens is I may not lie. Um, like I, I, I will be honest with what I think, mm -hmm. but my communication of that may not be in the most um, hygienic of formats. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. So maybe in the uh, heat of the moment, you're just a little too blunt for uh, something for like some that. people's taste. 
something like that. Uh, I, I definitely, I definitely, I, I think it's, it, it is a problem. Like it's not, it's not always about what you say, right? It's a lot of the time, how you say it is more important than the content of what you say. So I, oh, I do agree yeah. with the problem. So. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a pretty great observation for life in general that I think a lot of yeah. people, especially in the internet age, like sort of miss, right? Mm-hmm. Like they have this, this, they have access to the anonymity. And so they're like, well, I'm just going to lay it all out there without considering like how I'm delivering this message. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, one of the things that I, I honestly really believe is that like, uh, the style of delivery. Yeah. Traditionally more important than the content. Yeah. Um, I think some people focus too much on wanting to be correct and yeah. wanting to build relations. And even if they are correct, it's still not like it doesn't do you anything to be correct and even if you're incorrect it doesn't do you anything to try to convince yourself that you are correct so that that's something justin and i talk about frequently and it can be hard to swallow if you're somebody who really likes um you know facts and like science and things like that but like the truth is like at the end of the day it doesn't matter how right or correct or whatever you are if nobody else cares Exactly. (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter. If nobody else cares, then what's the point? Yeah. Yeah, people's subjective realities. I mean, this is one of the things that, that, uh, like, the the counseling training that I've gone through for years is always stressed. Subjective reality is in every way more significant to a person than objective reality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Feelings over facts. Getting... Especially when you're talking to other people. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm getting lambasted in the chat by my wife right now. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. That's when you know you're doing something right. <laughs> right, but nobody cares. Doesn't matter how right I am. <laughs> if nobody cares. <laughs> That's Your wife seems to care if she's in the chat. That's a good thing, right? Shout out to, to, to Charmer's wife, by the way. Sophie is an amazing woman who, who seems to really support your sort of like ridiculous habit, right? Is that fair to say, Derek? Oh, yeah, absolutely. She, yeah. I mean, she's always been really supportive of my content creation. She hangs out for the streams. Sometimes she guest streams, obviously uh, holding down the fort, helping take care of the kids when I'm, you know, across the country doing things for the community. Um, yeah, she's... She is the familial rock. You know, speaking of like traveling across the country doing things, uh, I I realized recently that like I have flown more between April and August doing legend stuff than I flew in the previous 33 years of my life. Same. Uh, uh, that, that is the... one, one time and came back and that is more plane rides than I've had before <laughs> in my yeah. life before. That, Legends has been kind to us. That is the same us. for me as well. Um, I actually today turned in the paperwork for a passport. And before anybody freaks out, what? no, we're not going anywhere. Um, but it was more like a precautionary thing. Like if an opportunity ever came up after seeing some of the hoops that the players had to jump through and after a couple of players were not able to yeah. attend the tournament, um, I didn't ever want to have a similar experience. And as somebody who has never owned a passport, because I just also have not traveled much, I was like, oh my gosh, I really should fill out the paperwork for a passport because I like, 
after hearing the horror stories of other people's travel and uh, everything else with the Master series, I was like, I I need to fill this out now and get it rolling. So, um, uh, yeah, on that, I know this isn't the official place for feedback for the Master series, but I hope they make the qualifiers earlier relative to the actual tournament so that there's more room for the processes and people to get all their stuff sorted after the last qualifier because i know that there was a lot of stuff that ended up being last minute and i i I don't i hope we don't end up with that kind of situation again i completely agree with you and i think that's something that a lot of people are aware of yeah uh how do you feel about about the fact that that two players who qualified didn't end up being able to come um i mean I think it's unfortunate, but I don't know enough about their their situations and the yeah. national stuffs that stopped them to really give too much of of an opinion. Obviously, ideally, the sixteen most uh, people that most earned their qualified spots according yeah. to the rules um, would be able to. But obviously, there's always going to be circumstances. I'm right. glad that it. I'm I'm glad that it wasn't more than two that were subject to such circumstances. Well, since we're on our podcast and we're not on any of these official type places, I can go ahead and say this, that one of the players who wasn't able to come uh, is is coming from a country that is actively trying to dismantle our democracy. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, we did get that. We we got that talk about what not to talk about. Yeah, we did. That's always, yeah. that's always a great one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know much about politics, but that sounds um, not great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's always the same list, actually. There, I don't think there's anything new this time. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I would imagine it would be the same list. I, I would hope it's the same list. You know, they didn't specifically mention anything new, but I I have a feeling that the list, like, did grow, grow. but it was just, like, inferred. Like, they never yeah. came right out and said it, but I'm pretty sure if we would have been, like... Actually, you know saying what? Tide... anything about uh, Tide Pods or... Uh... Well, I was about to say, Tide Pods <laughs> weren't mentioned this time. Yeah, and... They, they uh... weren't mentioned this time, and they were last time. But I was also going to say, like, developers, right? Like, I don't think if we would have said anything about Direwolf, if that would have went over well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, actually, we weren't ever told not to say anything about Direwolf, but we kind of went out of our way not to. Yeah. Just Wasn't kidding. there something you said during a certain moment that you were worried about for the future? Was it? Uh, I mean, uh, I shouted out, "Oh shit!" Okay. <laughs> I shouted out, "Oh shit!" while we were casting. Maybe they'll just add that to the list next time. No problem. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? The the only word they said not to, specifically not to say during the qualifiers was "fuck." That's the only thing. Which That's I the thought... only specific word they said not to use. So yeah, which... all the other servers are okay, but "fuck" in particular is not okay. They were not down with that. Yeah, which always throws me off because, like, okay, obviously I think they don't need to come right out and say, like, you don't use racial epithets or anything like that. But there's Mm -hmm. always that weird gray area, like, like, cunt is really rough, right? And since Justin's already, uh, like, demonetized this YouTube video, let's just go full in, right? Like, that's one of those, like, rough ones, but they never, they didn't say we couldn't say it. And Please. I know that it's like regional yeah. because like I know overseas there are some places where it's actually like not really that big of a deal. But here in the States, that's a pretty big deal. It's, it's the um, we're not going to tell you to not say it, but we recommend that you don't say it because if you do say it, there's a possibility that we won't consider you next time. Yeah. yeah, it's just weird that like they gave us anything at all instead of just saying like generally like, hey, watch the yeah. language, right? Because like th- really, that yeah. vague thing keeps you on your toes and then you're like, okay, maybe right. I won't say it. But if they're just specifically, which they were, they were just like, just don't say fuck. Then right. you're like, 
oh well now what what can i get away with as opposed to <laughs> you know what i mean like uh yeah i know i know what you mean i feel like that's not great like i i think that's super strange that they would do that um yeah there were a couple times that i thought they might say something to us but honestly they never in the qualifiers and never during quakecon did they ever pull us aside after we said something and have anything to say about like okay being inappropriate Maybe it was so long they forgot. I would also go as far as to say sometimes they kind of egged us on. Like they yeah, they they would routinely true. be like, "Hey, like no joke, like for the second week of qualifiers, they came in and they're like, "Hey, is there like any props you want us to buy?" <laughs> they like if we if we were to said like, "Yeah, we want, you know, pirate hats or something." They would have ran yeah. to Party City and got us pirate hats. Yeah, I we, mean uh... I'm, That's how we got I, I am glad that, that is the attitude they had because can I yeah, say what I answered? The yes, yes, all guys have been really supportive, and and like in the event that we ever get to do this again, like mm-hmm. we know now, knowing now how down they are with our ideas, like we're gonna bring it. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys are gonna prepare the prepare the stuff next time. Yeah, absolutely. That makes me excited. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, working with all of them was an absolute blast. Uh, and, and for people who like, maybe haven't been like, I, like me who didn't know shit about how this worked, um, backstage at QuakeCon, just in the ESL guys, there were probably 30, 35 people on computers with headsets. Like we, yeah, we yeah. like when we were out there, like when you're doing interviews and stuff, you have, you know, a, an earpiece in, like you're wired the entire time. It's a, it's a huge production. Yes, it was. I was yeah. actually surprised that the, like backstage is. I mean, it's called backstage for a reason, and that's because generally it's something that you don't see. So, right, for me right. to actually see it, it uh, for it's something that that I wouldn't see was very uh, very new and and, and kind of like sank in that like these people are still there, right? It reminded me. Oh yeah. One of the things that we gave as feedback was, and other people had said it as well, was that it would have been kind of cool if we could have done a little bit more with like player bios. Like, yes. so, okay. so for for what it's worth, we did also say it would be nice if we could have cast every game because I felt like everyone who qualified deserved to be casted, but for time constraints, we couldn't. That's a whole another subject. But mm. for like production stuff, we were like, it'd be really cool if they had like player bio stuff or like little intros they could have done. And yeah. there was talk about like, if we ever did get the opportunity or if the budget ever allowed for it, it'd be kind of cool to almost do like a player media day mm-hmm. where like they could film those things to prep it for the broadcast but I really liked that idea because my biggest complaint when I came back was that mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't have enough time to personally yeah. talk with everybody the way I wanted. And so like with a media day, I would have felt like I could have made more of those connections. Like the dinner was yeah. great. And like the time in between games, like when I had my break, I was trying to make sure I was out in the stands and like talking to the guys and whatever. Um, but even still, I felt like I didn't talk to everybody nearly as much as I wanted to there. And so like the selfish part of me just really wants like a yeah. media day where we can all hang out and get into trouble. I mean, it was so great. I'm, I'm sure we would have liked as much time as we could get to talk to everyone. It, 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 it was definitely great to talking to everyone. So, you know, I, I definitely can understand that. It would be cool to have more time to talk to everyone. Um, although I can say I probably wouldn't have much of a bio. Just make something up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Seriously. I'm 18. Like That's okay. <laughs> I, I sailed on a pirate ship. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, nobody's we'll going to second guess it. We in this country via boat about 50 years ago. 
<laughs> Listen, like you can you can put like really weird things and nobody will second guess it, right? So you could be like, Will um, you know, like Slong Walks on the Beach is <laughs> is is allergic to horseshoe crabs and you know, is the first Master Series champion and um, has been divorced twice, right? And like nobody's nobody's gonna second guess that. Yeah. <laughs> His forty-two-year-old son is actually the previous champion. Will has an adopted son that is two years older than him. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, hard, in my bio, I was it was said that I has a dad. That's still one of my favorite championship series moments. Did we have to submit bios somewhere? Um, no, it was just when Bradford Lee was casting one of the things and he was introducing me um, for one of the casted matches. He oh, meant nice. he meant to say that uh, I don't always finish high on the ladder, but I always do well in tournaments, and that's where people see me. And he was talking about I don't finish high on the ladder because I'm, I'm busy with my work schedule. And he meant to say I am a dad, right? Because that also takes time. And he goes... And he goes, and Charmer has a dad, and then just kept rolling, and then like Chad exploded with Charmer has a dad, and like that was like a year ago, and I still I still hear about it. Like Charmer has a dad. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess That's it's awesome. not as cool as Will's dad, but <laughs> so maybe maybe for a bit, it might be interesting for people to hear a little bit about how you got involved with Team Rankstar, Will. Um, I think okay, so I think a lot of it happened because I was already friends with Endo. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know how well you know, but I I, th I think I'm a pretty relevant uh, member in terms of propagating the, uh, the, the scout meta. Yeah. And uh, I, I did talk a lot with Endo about all of my texts that I made. So like whenever I would change the deck, I would usually go to him and be like, I'm going to try act these changes and these are the reasons. And then he would usually be like, that sounds reasonable. Um, tell me how it works. And that, that's basically what happened every time. And eventually, um, they, uh, Lateralis reached out to me and then he, he chatted with me. And one day he was just like, we were thinking about adding you to Team Rankstar, and the reason we've been so hesitant is this. And I was like, you know, that is a perfectly reasonable uh, reason. And then, like a week later, they were like, okay, so we're still interested. Do, do you want to try joining? But the, the, these are the conditions. But that's about all. All that. Okay. Happened. Do you think that? Uh, do you think that that relationship, the Team Rankstar team, the, that that whole experience? How, how big of a fact do you think that that played into your success at, at QuakeCon? Uh, I think being friends with Alex a long time ago and that continuing was very relevant because he was the person I practiced with like more than everyone else combined, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And but again, a lot of the a lot of the members are busy this time. But I think it will be even uh, better next time when there will be even more people. But I do think it was relevant how much time I was able to send, spend with Endo. That makes sense. Now, what what is it uh, about uh, your relationship with Alex with Endo that uh, brought you guys closest friends? Well, he was like the only person I discussed the game very seriously with, like a, from a competitive standpoint, where I'm trying to uh, 
basically min-max, right? To, to squeeze out every percentage chance I can of winning. And there was like no one else I talked to over over something like that. So I think I think that made our... Yes. Hold on, I gotta challenge this because I'm pretty sure that like four or five months ago, you and I talked about Doomcrag Rhetoran. Did we? Yeah, come on, man. I recorded like a bunch of videos with it. It was in the Hiking Emmerich chat. Was I in the server at that point? I, I remember I remember Zadi kicking me from the server before you joined. And then I was gone for a while. Dude, Burns in chat. Maybe he can clarify this for me. I thought you did. Doomcrag Rhetoran. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. No, I'm just giving you shit. I'm just fucking around, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not at the level you and Endo are. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that is cool to hear. I, you know, I think that one of the things that people don't give enough credit to is the opportunity to build, like, lifelong, like, real relationships with people while you're doing, you know, online gaming. I mean, I think it's easier to connect with people online than in person even though sometimes it can be harder to build a deeper level relation because it's not face to face simply because it's so easy it's so easy to find people you have shared interests with because you are automatically surrounded you pick who you're surrounded by so much easier because you just exist in a community and everyone basically has works with you but if you in person you can't just exist somewhere and you are automatically part of a shared community like you have to go and find it but but here you just exist and uh you automatically the the community basically finds you see this is why i wanted more time to hang out with the players because if you go to a coffee shop with me you can Uh exist with any group you want yeah like i'll just talk to strangers yeah god damn it (laughs) okay backstory derek and i once went to a coffee shop together (laughs) and the coffee shop was full all the seats were taken and we had bought we had gotten these like you know cups of coffee in these like you know porcelain cups so we're not going to take it outside plus it was pouring rain so there's this this like 18 year old woman sitting alone at a table Derek walks up to her he's like hey can I sit with you I'm I'm like standing back like oh my god Sandra was there too by the way my wife she's like yeah okay so we sat down and proceeded to talk to her for like three hours oh yeah, I'll, I'll talk to anybody. Doesn't matter. She was from Kuwait, I think. Yes, you are correct. She's actually pretty interesting. But the point is, you can be a part of any community you want. You just have to say hello. You just have to bridge the gap. I mean, that's I that's feel my like it, uh, life advice to you. It just feels like I do. I I okay. So I do talk to people. I talk to a lot of people, but I. And just like end up end up not having things to talk about, um, like pretty pretty quick. But before I forget, I want to talk a bit more about um, the casting at QuakeCon. How you said that you wanted them to cast every game. I I was okay. So I actually discussed it with someone. I can't remember who it was, but on either right right before we started, like after the player meeting on Thursday. Uh, we were like, which matches do you guys think they're gonna cast? Um, no, right before the player meeting, and then it was like. It'll probably they'll want to catch everyone at least once, so we think they'll cast each game where someone gets eliminated because it would be really awkward if you get over and you get flown out here and you don't get to cast a single game because if you win, you get more games the next day, right? So, right. but then they told us they wanted to catch everyone that would be in the top eight, so it would be so 
a lot of the people that go zero too just ended up with no screen time. And I, I was really surprised that they set it up that way, especially like if you you told your friends and family that you're going and that they could catch you live on stream yeah, and only to not show up at all. That would be, yeah. So we talked about that. We were, I, I was really surprised that they ended up setting it up that way instead. Fair enough. I, I got to give a shout out to one of my favorite moments um, at the entire QuakeCon experience, which was Dust Arm Wrestling CVH. Yes, <laughs> that was great. That was a pretty great moment. And, and honestly, it was it was moments like that that really made the whole event for me. The tournament was great. The gameplay was fantastic. But it was these little moments with these people whose like career, Legends career you've followed for years, mm-hmm. like interacting in person that was just so fucking magical yeah. for me. In like, non-Legends ways. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. so watching them arm wrestle or, you know, like just hanging out with Santos Vela, who's honestly- Seeing everyone play people. MTG with your yeah. cute. Playing Magic was great. Um, eating breakfast in the morning, you know, just yeah, shooting the shit. It was really cool. My favorite picture that I took was Link staring at the banana. <laughs> if, if you guys haven't seen it. I have seen that. That is a pretty epic photo. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, um, when I saw the arm wrestling, my thought was I would lose if I were to arm wrestle anybody here. <laughs> because I'm so out of shape. That was yeah. what I thought when I was watching that. That's pretty great. So let's say, let's say that we, we, we get to do this again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's say that there's another tournament coming up in some point in time. Yes. And you're there. And now you've had this previous experience. Yes. What are you going to make sure that you do that you didn't do last time? Oh, when I take a photo with somebody, I'm going to take multiple shots and check to make sure I have at least one that's good. Because I took a couple <laughs> photos and they came out blurry. And by, like I got back to the hotel and they were too they were CBH and Josh, two people I couldn't get, get get pictures with again. I was really upset about that. Okay. And that's my dad. There's Let's dad. Hi, dad. Your son is an amazing player, and it's an honor to meet you, sir. He has no idea what you're talking about. I'm glad Hello. you're proud of him now. Yes. <laughs> Your son is a celebrity. Uh, I'm so glad you made an appearance. I would like to interview you sometime. I love maple syrup and your hat. Yes. My dad doesn't even know. Probably has doesn't care about maple syrup because he is very Asian. I'm actually not allowed in Canada, so I can't. <laughs> He's going to have to come down here for that interview. Fun, fun story. He has spent as much time in Canada as me for obvious reasons, and he hasn't bothered to learn English because he only um, uh, like stays within the Chinese community. Okay. okay. I can appreciate that. I mean, do you think that that helped you kind of be more social, like having to help him with that? Oh, I did. No, I mean, um, he doesn't really be social, so there was not much to help him with because, you know, he doesn't go out and talk to people often. Like me, actually. So <laughs> it wasn't actually uh, much to be said about that. But yeah. Uh, you know, S- Sander's mom actually doesn't speak English, so I... Uh... Okay. You know, it's not, uh, and she's talked a lot about how it helped her stay fresh in her like first language as she, you know, like as her life went on and she spoke less and less of it to other yeah, people, yeah, yeah. having to communicate with it to her mom was, was, has been really helpful for her to stay like in touch with that part of herself. Okay. Okay. I've never, I mean, he still talked to Chinese people, so I guess there's, I should be fine, but I don't know. 
Right on. So I can't help but notice in the background it looks like there are what like multiple laptops and monitors and so forth. Is that is that the setup that's required to effectively play Nixox without the turn timer running out? Like what no. is what is your bat cave over there? That's my dad. I, I use one monitor. I actually have a second monitor, but I've been too lazy to set it up because I need to buy a thing to connect it. Yes. Fair, but yes, fair uh, yes. The only thing you need to play Nixox effectively is is a mouse you're comfortable with. And an advanced degree in mathematics. It's, I mean, it helps. I haven't done math in high school. I mean, in university, it's fine. You don't, you don't need math. What uh, what college you go to? York University. Wow. Went on strike for like five months. Nice. <clears throat> still salty. I I still check every morning to see whether or not they've accepted or declined my program change request. I check every morning. Yeah. Only to be disappointed. <laughs> it's almost like I check my email every morning, so Twitch would hurry up and reject me so I can send a new one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have crossed the one hour mark. This is typically yes. where we open it up to the audience for questions. Sure. Uh, there was one already, so we'll just go ahead and kick that off. Uh, mm -hmm. Drew Hoove asked... Uh, the three of us, what's a deck building tool that you wish existed? Um, I... That's tough. I'll go first. Uh, Im import, right? Yeah. Like hyperlinks even specifically, right? Like deep linking. The idea yeah. that I could go to any website where a deck is posted, click on a link, and it will open up the deck in the client built. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with that. Just deck codes and being able to upload decks that way. Yeah, like without deck tracker. Like what deck tracker does, but in client. I mean, the like honestly, self, like deck building on a cell phone is oh, fucking oh. trash can fire. Like, okay. I don't know how you improve that experience. I'm sure that it's something that people are looking at at Sparky Pants, but. Oh uh, my god. Yeah, there are times it's when like. It's not a mobile game. This is not a mobile friendly game. No, you know, it's it's funny because like it clearly like stands on the shoulders of, of Hearthstone in a lot of ways, but like it's so much more complicated. Hearthstone is like a mobile primary game. This is like a mobile, not even game. Right. There, there are just our entire archetypes. You just really can't effectively play on mobile with this game. I think there's just a lot of functions that are terrible in the mobile client as well. Yeah. I don't know. Oh god, is this where I turn off my camera? No. Shout out to Will's dad again, by the way. I don't know, maybe. Oh god, he's stripping. Oh yeah, god, that, this is getting good. Yeah, that, that might hold be a problem. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is getting good. No, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> this is a bad idea. This is... Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's a pretty <laughs> bad idea. Hold on, hold on. Where's my ticket off? Okay. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so so for this episode of the podcast we had will will's dad will's dad's body see you guys after charmer suspension ends <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> all right Sorry, dude. I can't. I can't. Listen, listen. If Master Series ever comes back, 
if you're on the stage, you need to have your dad just randomly walk up like mid-production and start like changing clothes behind you. Just on stage at the convention. Like just keep like a duffel bag like down by your feet or something so you can like walk up and change his outfit and then come back off stage. Not explain it to anybody. If somebody tries talking to him, he can just yell at him in Chinese. Like nothing would make me happier than that entire exchange. That is not happening. Oh my god. Oh my I, would... god <laughs> I need to focus on making sure I qualify next time. It's the greatest moment of my legends career right here. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Anyways, <clears throat> moving on. Yeah, can we get some questions? <laughs> yeah, please ask questions. And again, uh, I got my brain's gone. All right, so I, so I'll just since since we're waiting for questions, I'll just talk a little bit about deck building since that's what the question was about. Um, deck building for seventy five cards is not fifty percent harder than fifty card decks. It's not two times harder. It's like five, seven times harder to optimize. It's so insanely different, di more difficult because of how many more permutations there are and the combinations there that you have that first has to offset the fact that you're running 50% more cards, the fact that you're reducing the consistency, the fact that you're reducing your synergies and combos. So I, I, I think like the people that are just randomly throwing together 75 card decks, it's pr almost always going to be just worse than a 50 card deck. But like when you're really trying to make a good 75 card deck, it's so insanely difficult to optimize. 50 card decks, you can very comfortably tell like, oh, this is going to make it better. Oh, this feels close to optimized. 75, I can't even tell. I feel like this deck could be good. I have no idea how. It feels okay. I don't know. It feels like it might be doable to make it good. It's, That's it's a really hard. interesting thought. And... and I agree that the, the addition of a third color really adds so many more like opportunities to fuck up your like <laughs> you know your 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 maximum like efficiency. You know, it's... I I can't help but think of uh something Karakon Jewel said during my time there when we were when we were asking him behind the scenes like what was your reasoning behind running a couple of these one and two ofs like his warrior list has one circle initiate for example. Oh, no. Right? And one old Velothi assassin. And he turned to CVH, looked him dead in the eye, as serious as can be, and he just went, eventually you'll draw what you need. Which what? is which is funny from him because yeah. he's Captain's he hot deck, right? Yeah. But it's also funny because, like, in my head, I'm like, I can't argue with that. I mean, I know that I can argue with it, but, like, I also, I kind of can't, and it worked for him. And now, as a result of that, like, specific mantra, I just want to build Singleton everything now because eventually I'll draw what I need. Okay, so I want to give a quick shout out for Karakon. I know it seemed like he had some insane drawn abilities. All right, and I won't deny that. He, uh, a Nazi top deck, insane. Um, drawing all the dot breakers, insane. Yeah. But the rest, like, oh look, he had he drew a one of that he needed. Oh look, he drew a one of that he needed. He has so many one ofs. It's bound to happen frequently that he's going to draw a one of that's good for his situation. Like it's. The one-offs are still good in a lot of situations, so it's not that strange if he draws a one-off that's good for the situation. I just want to make that clear. Yeah, I, I honestly really liked his approach to deck building. Um, oh, I thought that it, both as a viewer, um, it made for more in, more exciting games. And um, <clears throat> he had a good point. I mean, like, you have that many silver bullets, you're bound to eventually hit a werewolf, right? 
Yeah, it just, I mean, listen, I don't think anyone's going to argue that Karakon Jewel is not, like, an amazing player. So, like, he also gets mm -hmm. away with it from that standpoint. But it was just one of those, like, we yes. expected there to be some, like, really well-thought-out, like, detailed answer. And he just literally was like, eventually you'll draw what you need. <laughs> so I, I still laugh about that. Um, so going back up for some questions here, uh, Endozoa asks, how many catapult decks does Will think people should have in their lineups for the next qualifiers? One to two, at most. I don't think you would ever have three. I think I think catapults compensate the rest of your deck building. Now, other purple cards are very good, but catapults do make it's they're very they are very powerful when abused, but not that many decks are good at abusing them in an efficient way that doesn't give up um, too much on on the flip side. I would agree with that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it, you know, I do. I do have to say, I love when cards like show up all of a sudden. You know, like mm -hmm. catapults a card that uh, day one of open beta, <clears throat> spell sword tokens is running it, and then it went like a year seeing like fringe play, and then was out in force at QuakeCon. I thought that was really exciting. Yes, um, I think I think they they were there was. Okay, so even now, after QuakeCon and all these new decks, I'm going to say again, and I know I've said this before, but I think there's so many decks that would be powerful if we found them. Oh, God. Yes. No comment. Anyways, <clears throat> that would be really good, but I just don't think we've been able to find them. It's that there's just so many options in deck building that it's impossible to explore them all and like we've got a smaller competitive community so it's yeah, just yeah. it's just like i just feel like there's so many unexplored options actually on that on that subject of the smaller competitive community i have a question for you that's related to something i've been thinking about um and it's something i think that uh i've talked about before a little bit maybe even with you on discord mm -hmm. i feel like when when cbh stopped his youtube channel when he got hired by bethesda yes it created this like this void in the content creator community, right? I agree. Like people, I think that there's a segment of the, of the game playing community mm -hmm. that needs a channel where they can rely on going to see uh, a tier one or two deck every day. And that that's what keeps them fueled, keeps them motivated. Do you think that mm -hmm. that absence is, is still like pretty profound? Um, let, 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 let me put it this way. Okay. CVH was just someone who were, was able to feature some decks, but the fact that, like, with how much options we have in deck building, the fact that losing a single person created that much of a void shows that there was always space for more. Yeah, that makes even, sense. Even when he was there, there was space for more. So definitely, I think there's there has to be still space for more even now, um, just like there was there has always been. Do you want to be that guy? Um, I think making YouTube videos is hard, and I don't think I myself can make that many decks. But I, um, okay. So the kind of player I am, as may have been evident, is to find one deck I like, spam the shit out of it, and really try to be as good as I can with it. Make the deck as as good as it can be. And so you'll if if I find a new deck like that, you'll be able to find me spamming probably hundred game, two hundred games, three hundred games, with in like every week um, on ladder on stream, 
but I won't. I, I'm not gonna be the kind of person who's good at featuring a ton of different decks. Fair enough. Now you've gotten into coaching. I know there's a big announcement about that. Do you view this as like an extension of that, like more competitive philosophy for the more competitive players? Um, it's it's not that like it's not very professional coaching. It's just on stream. You come on. I talk you through a lot of decisions. I try. But what it is, it's I want people to be less intimidated by trying to be more competitive. I want people to, um, I don't want people to feel like they don't know the next step. I think they, I want people to be able to know how to get better and what they can do from, from now on. A lot of people are like scared, like the, um, I don't know, like it's the, it's the don't tell me to get good i just don't know how that's done because you know if someone's making a complaint and people just say get good that's very arbitrary and i want it to be more transparent in how to do so how to get better okay now when you're going through that process uh there's obviously like talking through decision trees and mm -hmm. uh looking forward to potential um consequences for every action you might make yes is there a part of the the coaching process in your mind that also involves um a player's mindset their confidence level their their emotional state like as far as it pertains to like strategic fatigue and stuff like that um i've never really considered that like it's not it wasn't so much um coaching for the um beat playing through a long tourney it was more so just single game by game so i i've never really considered that but i mean it, it could be relevant i could consider um mentioning that but i'm not too sure how it'd go about that just yet Okay. Uh, Chad has questions. All right, let's try to rapid fire through some of these to get caught up. Um, we had Ophelian asking, what do you think about Doomcrag on the ladder? Because we know that you took that to the Master Series. Do you think it's viable as a ladder deck? I think it's viable if you don't expect a lot of support removal and you are willing to go through a lot of losses before you start winning more games. But it's it's very weak advice. to support removal. Like when I was banning decks, I know I was looking at how much support removal they had as as a large factor of whether or not I banned a deck. So it's a huge factor in how strong um, Doom Craig is. Um, all right. So what are your favorite premiums? Go. Um, my favorite Path Mage, um, Unde. Uh, they've got to be two of my favorites. Arc Cannon, amazing. Um, Gallon, because it generates premiums for whatever you use it on. Um, uh, I think those are probably my favorites. Yeah. What about you, Justin? Favorite premium arts? Yeah. <clears throat> High Rothgar is my favorite premium art. <clears throat> no, I'm serious. It's beautiful. It reminds me of Frost Giants. It's uh, looks about... They've both got the snow. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, I I have a hard time picking an absolute favorite. I think that the alternate art Alduin is maybe my absolute favorite. Oh, it, it just makes me sad because yeah. it doesn't see play, but it's it gorgeous. Nice. Yeah, I agree. alternate art Alduin is amazing. I yeah. wish as a free player I don't have any of those special alternate arts. However, I did very much enjoy playing Infinite Alduin until they they printed Cast into Time. Um, from Morrowind, I really like Telvas, Magister, and Path Mage. Um, but there's actually a lot in, in Morrowind. Vigilant Axis is kind of cool. 
Uh, Skyrim, I really liked Drain Vitality and Soul Tear, just because of the way they animated. I know that I know that's like a rough pair to pick, but like let's be honest, the animation and like the way they yeah. look in premium is actually when pretty I, sweet. When I crafted them, I, like you know, I crafted my scout full premium, and I only got like six hundred gems back because Drain Vitality was the main nerf, and there were commons. But um, Drain Vit, like I was, they were definitely the best common premiums I crafted, and were yeah. they, that was nice. Um, oh, I found. Uh, Mystic Dragon actually looks really sweet in premium as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. Odaving. Odaving is orb. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, so for core set, uh, it's Odaving. Um, I think that one looks amazing. I always had a soft spot for Haunting Spirit after the rework. Mm -hmm. um, I, have, I don't know what premium Haunting Spirit looks yeah. like. So um, Pete Crichton had one specifically for our uh, Will, and mm -hmm. he wanted to know if you were from Toronto... And yes. if you are, he wants to know if you know any Crichtons because he has family there. And if you do know him, say hello. I, uh, I, I do not know many peoples. I do not talk to people outside of my house very often. Fair. Fair enough. I'm checking what the premium haunted here looks like right now because you've uh, got me curious. Uh, all right. So we have a uh, question for Justin's cat. Oh, yes. okay. Do you get to eat wet food all the time? from all of Justin's fat YouTube checks. <laughs> uh, we buy like two or three cans of wet cat food. Um, I'd say every like two or th two weeks, two or three weeks. And we give it to her like a third of a can at a time. You know, shit's expensive. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, she really likes Crave dry cat food. She seems like that's her favorite food. So uh, we just try to keep it, you know, mix it up a little bit, right? So like she has a variety. Um question is premium cat food four times more expensive than normal cat food <laughs> probably uh the expensive like it's crazy how much like how deep down this hole you can go like there are like insanely expensive pet foods so there's like and I, don't, I don't really understand the difference but yeah uh maybe your, maybe your cat will you know we also keep you know catnip and little cat treats around so she's she's pretty well taken care of any other questions yeah, I'm still scrolling through because there was a big delay where uh, Justin kept asking questions, and then uh, hey, those I'm were some good questions. No, they were they were solid questions. It just meant that I was like way back on the the old scroller Rooney. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, Celine's already overweight. She's definitely overweight. <laughs> I mean, how bad is that? Yeah, I mean that's exactly what I said. Like, <laughs> the cat the cat'll stop eating if it's not hungry. Like, okay. <laughs> All right, so Dust has one. Uh, if Legends was to host an attending tournament again, where mm -hmm. would you like them to host it? I don't know. Um, I Let me put it this way. I know little enough about geography that I generally don't care as long as it makes sense. Like, I don't want it to be, like, you know, in the desert for obvious reasons, you know, <laughs> in North Korea. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. not on the list. I don't think they, there's an option that I would be upset about. After all, it's about the people, not the place, right? Yeah. Um, I was pitching to CVH like at the event. I think it'd be kind of cool to do one in Europe, just because it's kind of centrally located for a bunch of the people that were traveling anyway. It would show uh, some international love. So whether that's like UK or Germany or something, I think that like if they were ever gonna do it like a big tournament would be kind of cool maybe 
maybe they do it at Gamescom, maybe they do something uh, specifically else, like, there, but I think that that would be kind of cool if it wasn't going to be somewhere in the States. Okay. <clears throat> I mean, uh, it depends on how reasonable it was, because here it, it's at, it was at their QuakeCon, right? You know, something that they already had access to, so it was definitely a lot easier for them to do. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, obviously that's a, obviously... a big part of it, right? Is they had to set up that stage and do everything for the Quake tournament already. So mm -hmm. they were kind of hitting two birds with one stone. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they do anything like that uh, as far as like Bethesda overseas. That's why I was thinking like maybe it would have to be like Gamescom and they would share a stage with somebody else again. But I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but I do think that would be cool just because there was a lot of... Um, you know, international travelers that may have actually had a, a much easier time, say, getting to uh, Germany or UK or whatever than otherwise. Um, okay. Endozoa wants to know if Will can help you write a petition to nerf Blackhand. No, I like Blackhand. <laughs> I and I like, I, what, more than anything else, I like using Blackhand against Endo in particular. I remember catching a lot of shit for a long time because when Blackhand was released, I said it yeah. was really good. Yeah. Like, I caught I, shit for a long time for that. So I thought it was really bad. I was one of the people that thought it was really bad because it was a three Magicka Firebolt. That's the number one complaint I heard, and I was like, but, no. But I will also defend it by saying it got a lot, lot better with the Necromancer Uprising archetype. Listen, that certainly helped it, but I'm I'm still on that whole, like, it didn't need those cards to be good. Like, yeah. the fact that items and whatever existed, Mentor's Ring existed, all that before. Yeah. I mean, I think it was playable and decent before, but I think now that's why it's really good. Um, We've got... Uh... Oh, somebody was saying uh, Swims at Night Alternate Art Premium is uh, also gorgeous, and I would yeah, agree. I agree. Uh, I got I got around to like five out of six episodes for the uh, mastered uh, st story for it, but I haven't got around to finishing it. I'll do that sometime if I, I ever remember. <laughs> so uh, somebody wants to know, so jung Jungle Man or Jungle Main, one or the mm -hmm. other. Uh, wants to know who your favorite rank star teammate is. I am going to exercise my right to remain silent. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. That's I, a I, I mean, I'm not on team rank star, so I can pick a favorite, and it's uh, Aphelion. Okay. I do have to say, Aphelion has been a great addition to the community. And someone Aphelion, talking to. Aphelion is the reason team rank star can exist, so he yeah. definitely deserves a lot of respect. Uh, he's worked very hard to make this make this happen. I agree. Yeah, I mean that's so, a, that's the reason I picked him, right? Is cuz he's he's just um he's been a wonderful addition to the community and uh has always been very um yeah. fantastic with with all of his interactions. So, you know, you know we need to have him on as a guest. Sometime you you guys should do that. Aphelion is great. All right, so I think this is a great question. This is specifically for Will. How much time okay. do you spend playing Legends daily? Um, do how honestly do I need to answer? I, I mean, that's up to you. <laughs> it doesn't I, matter. That's good. Go for it. You, you okay, could have well, literally, this is back to that bio thing. You could have literally okay. made something up and anyone would have believed oh. you. 
this is a temporary. I promise this is temporary. But if I were to estimate, like, I mean, if we only include in-game time um, instead of times where I'm just chilling and not not actively playing that much, like the average over the last month is probably like five hours or more over like like per day over the last like 30 days a lot of time the answer is a lot of time i mean it paid off i i, I mean the, i have to say like i don't it's it's it wasn't something I did like I forced myself to do, right? It's right, right. I was able to. I was. I think a large like if you want to win at something that you, you and you got you got to really like it, or else you're not gonna be the best. Like, what's the point, right? How how hard are you gonna? How hard can you try if you don't like it that much? Yeah, that's yeah, fair. So, I, I can't, I was gonna say, I can't help but just uh, quickly note uh, Endozoa is calling you out and saying, Okay, in my defense, <laughs> I am excluding the times I was watching streams and not playing games. So, I'm not lying that much. Who's your favorite streamer? To watch, pro um, I, 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 I like Link and Warriors. Okay. why um i like okay well link is always kind of depressed but I, I i do like listening and seeing his interesting decisions um i because he, he he's a very different player than me and he's got um a lot a, a lot of his decisions are very different from what i would decide so i think it's definitely good to see the contrast and explore new options that i wouldn't would have missed so i think that's very helpful um warriors because he's definitely uh, he's very good obviously but he can he's very creative with his approaches he does i think his unite is great by the way i, I love seeing his success with interesting decks that other people would be um you know intimidated to try to reach the top with so i definitely do appreciate seeing his ability to find success in strange niches also, because I, I like making fun of him when he makes mistakes. <laughs> so Somebody uh, asked us how many hours we've played Tessel. Uh, too many. I have 571 logged on Steam. Okay, so uh, enough that my average uh, income, including all of my prize money, would be below minimum wage. That's as much as I'm willing to admit. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to say that I've spent a lot of a lot of time. Um it comes and goes. Like this year has been kind of rough because of everything going on, but um I'm kind of glad that I I don't know between the old Bethesda client and the mobile client and everything else. Like I'm kind of glad I don't know exactly how much I've played. It might depress me. 
I mean, like, if you count how much time you just spend being a part of the community, you know, reading Reddit, typing things, talking to people, watching streams, everything, I think that's all part of the same experience. So if you include that time, I think maybe that oh, might be Yeah, oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? Have you seen, like, I was showing I mean, CVH my, my Reddit posts the other day. Like, I was just on my Reddit, and I was scrolling through... And he goes, oh, my God, who wrote that long thing? I was like, CVH, that was me. And then, like, two posts down, he's like, oh, my God, that's a huge paragraph. Who wrote that? I'm like, CVH, these are all my posts. I don't know how to be brief. I don't know what to tell you. I write novels. Yeah. I think all of that is all one experience. I don't think you're going to really separate the two. CVH once called me a Reddit karma whore. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. He pointed out to me that like half of my posts are just like, congratulations, that's awesome, sweet, stuff like that. Did he, did he, did he, did he feel like he got you? I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> but like, I also think that's important to like tell people, hey, you're doing a great job. You know, I think that sort of validation is important. Okay. Another great question uh, for all three of us. Did we play on the new client at QuakeCon? And if so, what did you think of it? Yeah, I did. Um, I think, I think it's good that they're trying to fix certain problems that need fixing, and I think it does need. While I believe that they will definitely put out a high quality client when it's ready, I think it, it definitely needs some more time before it's ready. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I'll go even like a slight step further. Yeah, I played it. Um, I have al I already immediately noticed differences from the last time I played it when we were at uh, Bethesda HQ. Yeah, um, it, is, <laughs> it is uh, in a much better state now, so I'm, I'm very uh, enthusiastic about the progress. Um, and the, the, so there were uh, even artistic differences. Like I felt like the board looked uh, a lot cleaner. Um, I noticed some of the card art that had been not finalized or finished before. I'm not saying they're finalized now, but some of the changes mm -hmm. they told us was coming, I saw implemented in the demo that I did play. So um, for me, more than anything, like I was just very excited to see a lot of the progress that they had told us they were working on was like implemented in this demo yeah. build. So um, I... I am I am excited to see the final product, but at the same time, I'm not impatient to see it. I because I believe that they will take the time needed to make it as good as it needs to be, and I want to see the quality product more than I want to see it now. Yeah, amen to that. Like I don't, I don't want it to be buggy. I want it to work. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I feel like I'm missing something. All right, we're getting we're getting close to caught up on questions. Oh, uh, I want to mention, according to Reddit, I only know how to play Nixox Talvani, and I will be only playing Nixox Talvani for the rest of the month <laughs> because that's the only deck I know how to play. Reddit's great. Today, Reddit accused me of selling my soul. I mean, you sold your you you didn't. I mean, I get paid. <laughs> I mean, then it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Celine. Wait, hold on. I want to see what the camera looks like. How much can you see of my dad? Um, I mean, I can see most of his naked leg, but not his balls. <laughs> he has underwear on anyway, but 
Is that, this doable? That's why I can't see his balls. Uh, should I, yeah, should I leave this great. on? Or is little it... tease. I like it. <laughs> this, okay. <laughs> Anyways. Um... <laughs> uh, is there, did, did we miss any questions? Um, yeah, why, I'm still getting caught you... up. We're close to caught up, though. Um... This is why YouTube is the superior content creation platform, because I can not wear a shirt. I mean... Sometimes I wish I, I would like to just turn off web webcam so I can't take off my shirt because it's hot. In general, though, like, what do you like? You know, you said that you prefer streaming to YouTube. What what is the appeal of Twitch as a platform over YouTube for you personally? I mean, okay, so the reason I stream is because I didn't want to go out of my way to really. I, I didn't mean to do it to be a content creator i meant to do it just so i could have more people to talk to when i played okay. um particularly because i i'm rather impatient um especially during my opponent's turns i don't like waiting for my opponent's turn so i like having that extra something to do while i'm waiting so a lot of my streaming is mostly just so i have people to talk to while while i wait that's fair yeah that's legit <clears throat> So we do have another question. Uh, Zombie Hunter nine by nineteen says, "I feel uh, I like feeling a part of this community, albeit a very small part." So my question for all of you is, what does it feel like to be part of the higher level of the community? Um, I think. Okay, so my opinion is that it's never about how high level it is. It's about um, what you do to be part of it, whether or not you think you're important. So for the longest time, I've always told people on my stream, I'm just, you know, a nobody, right? There's all these people that everyone knows, and I'm just not one of them. And that's, I'm okay with that because I've got people to talk to, and that's all that really mattered to me. So I don't think it's really important how, how many people know you. It's about how many people you know and you talk to. That's my take on it. I think you're selling yourself a little bit short if you think that like you're not instantly like as far as the, the the entrenched players go now the most recognizable player in the game okay well right now it's very <laughs> very awkward when i go and like everyone it's I'm, it's so strange when people call me the champion right it's yeah when i want it it i st i'm still me Right, so it's it, it was it, it's definitely a strange experience to go through. But um, okay, so the strangest thing of all, the str out of everything that people have said to me, the strangest comments I've ever got after winning was, "Is this the real one?" For someone that okay, I don't like I I don't even know how to explain that. That's for someone to have to ask what if I'm real, is <laughs> is so strange to me. Yeah, but are you real? You're gonna have imposters. You don't know that. Listen, everybody, go make an alt account that's like, please don't hack me one. Please I don't mean, hack me two. Okay, so given my name, maybe someone hacked me. You're you're right. But... <laughs> like I know how to get to this guy. <laughs> um, somebody asked uh, specifically, were the physical Skaven cards alt art for the future, or is all the art changing or something? Um, they were kind of coy on that. Like we said, is this all art? And somebody said yes. Yep, Will's nope, holding it up. Um, there were physical cards at QuakeCon, or for Skaven Pyromancer, the art does not match. 
Um, we were told, yes, it's alternate art, and that was it. They didn't say, like, if it's part of an event, if it's coming with a new client, if there was anything else. Like, that was all they said is, yep, it's not like the normal art, and that's all we got. Um, where's that, uh... <laughs> where's, where's that, that graphic? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make it one cast without putting technical difficulties up. <laughs> Um, all right, so we have a uh, great question. Okay. Uh, how do you figure out whether you're making the right early game choices when the effects ripple out so far later in the game? What is the best way to learn broad scale strategy when you can't tell if you are right in an obvious way? Um, the, the, the best way you can do is really... Okay, so a lot of the time you don't know and you won't know right away. Uh, the most important thing is to check if the logic by which you deduced if it was right or wrong was flawed or not if the logic on which you founded the decision was flawed to begin with then you must make note of that and that is extremely important to fix now if you were to <clears throat> now if your logic was correct and but your decision was wrong then you must again um, reevaluate that both before and after for the future um, references figure out why you made that decision and whether or not that, um, like if you can figure out why you made the wrong decision. Now, sometimes you just don't, absolutely do not know. For example, you cannot know if one decision is statistically better than the other, then you did not make a mistake. It just, the results panned out in the way that you didn't prepare for. So if there was two possible, if it was one was a 50% for one way and one another was also 50%, it might just fall into the wrong 50%. You were not wrong in that scenario. <clears throat> so you won't always know, but you should always evaluate your reasoning, the logic behind your reasoning, and analyze whether or not it was correct, not based on the results, but based on probability. That's the most important thing. It's a good answer. Yeah, um, Endozoa said it in chat, but I just want to piggyback on the tail end of that and say, uh, record your games and then watch them back and uh what helps me personally as well is like watching them back um like with with um with keeping the ripples in mind right like take mm -hmm. it one turn at a time but then on the next turn when you see the results pan out say okay if i'd have made that different decision the turn before how did how is this different now now yeah. obviously as it ripples out like it starts to get out of control and there's too many what ifs but in that immediacy of like the next couple turns after you can mm -hmm. kind of work through but record your games would be the big piece of advice uh, that i would say a few, a few things i have to say about that especially okay so if you're a newer player it's it's nice to ask for advice ask someone to help watch a game with you especially so and you know especially someone that you know is experienced with the deck or significantly better at either the game or that deck um that can help depend the, i don't know where you are but if you're a relatively decent player but you don't know a deck well you can ask someone who specializes in the deck or if you're a newer player you can ask pretty much anyone that's very experienced in the game um if uh it's also good to okay so i personally i may not record my games but i remember my games pretty well so um it's like always always use hindsight and uh question whether or not you are right but i for, okay, so for one game, the game I lost to Karakhan's Atromaster on turn 10, that wasn't because of his top deck. I think I statistically made the incorrect play several turns ago. 
And that was the reason that I was vulnerable to that atromancer top deck in the first place. So, but this took me a very long time to realize. It took me, like, it was, I didn't realize until I went to bed on, like, Saturday night. So, sometimes it can be very hard to tell or not very obvious. But I think it's very important to be open to the fact that you could have been wrong. Next up, we have uh, Jacob with favorite and least favorite decks to play against. Um, I I hate mirrors. I hate playing against my decks, whether or not I'm on the mirror. Um, I hate playing against uh, really janky greed with cards like Shadowfoot, Rift and Pickpocket, Death Priest, Jim Stacy, Memory Wraith, even if I win. Um, I hate playing against uh, uh, cultist, and and I hate playing against tr spirits, trolls, stuff like that, that are very bad for control. And I like playing against um, actual aggro decks in the sense that they try to send all their damage to face, and then they're and don't worry as much about sticking on board. I think it's actually very interesting, even if it can be very difficult. What about what about Justin? With, I agree with all that actually. What? No, I agree. I, I playing against aggro decks is great when you play the kinds of decks I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing, I agree totally about Rift and Pickpocket. I agree totally about uh Thieves Guild Shadowfoot. Thieves Guild Shadowfoot I find more annoying than Rift and Pickpocket. And we talked at QuakeCon quite a bit about uh my thoughts on um Withered Cultist. Hand Cultist, yeah. Uh, I hate playing against uh, Tribunal and Support Mage. Basically, I hate playing... Like, even when I win, I hate playing against the decks where it's like, I play something, you remove it, I play something, you remove it. Because when I even when I win, I don't feel like I did anything special. I just feel like okay. I drew more cards than you drew removal, right? Like, okay. I don't feel like I had agency there. So I don't, I mean, like, I don't like playing against those decks. Yeah, okay. I, I happen to play against decks that are specifically good against removal because... Uh, if I, if I play a tree miner, like, what are you going to do? Firebolt it? You know, if I play an Endoral, yeah. if you firebolt it, I drew a card. But yeah, re just remove straight up removal is generally bad because um, of how, like, if you have negation, but they drew like a Dragon Tail Savior, and then you, you draw like execute, but they have like, um, you know, like e um, a 3 2 like a Bruma Profiteer, and you, you don't have Firebolt. Yeah. Like, if you have a Firebolt, but they, they, instead of a Rift thing, they have, like, a Barrel Stalker. It's just really awkward. So, uh, you don't want to... Like, creatures, you can play no matter what your opponent played. Actions, re removal actions, you need to play... Uh, your opponent needs to play the correct ones in that order, or else you follow the turn behind. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I just still don't like to play against him. Because... No, 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 I, I know what you mean. I'm not saying yeah. you're wrong. I'm just saying the reason um, they generally... It, they, they can be very high rolly in that sense because they need... If they draw in the correct sequence relative to your draws, then it can be super annoying to play against. Yeah. And then, like I said, like even when I win, it's like, well, then you mm -hmm. just didn't draw right. It's not like I did anything. It's literally like I just feel like, okay, well, they didn't draw what they needed, so I won, right? Like, I, mm -hmm. I don't feel like I've done anything... Um, like interesting uh the decks i like to play against are typically 
things like Nick Sachs, uh combo. Really? Actually, yeah, I actually really Most enjoy. Yeah, I I don't mind playing. I'm gonna I'm gonna sound really awkward. I don't mind playing against uh, Nick Sachs, and I don't mind playing against conscription decks because I know okay. what your strategy is, and mm -hmm. then I know that what, what like what to play around but also there's like um there's this fun mental game that occurs like specifically with conscription decks in my mind because it's like i have to fight for board and i have to try to get some sort of advantage to force you to play conscription on curve and then i have to then react to your conscription and then retake the board uh, i mean unless i'm playing like an aggressive deck then i just know i have to win before the conscription but like if i'm in a more like late game mirror right like it's save the ice storm for the right time or force it when they don't yep. want to do it and like there's there's just this mental uh like jousting that occurs that i don't think happens in the other archetypes and so okay. that it engages me more right so i just okay. i feel like i'm i'm in that game more and I, I i'm paying attention more so those are the ones i like even though most people uh yeah. seem to dislike them i really enjoy it yeah um just fun fun mention i did justin uh no not just us uh, warriors has been playing some boggler to otk so uncoincidentally i have ran into a couple of them and i could tell that they were bogglers so i exactly knew what i was against and what their win condition was and when they, exactly when was the earliest it could happen so yeah it was definitely um it's definitely more interesting when you know what they're doing and what they're trying to do rather than when you run into random decks thrown together with random greed cards like uh, Death Priest. So you don't, you, you have no idea what to play around. It's definitely a bonus. Uh, Dane, the special guest is Will's dad. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Hercule Satan says, wait, the frames on the cameras, referring to uh, the screen that's being broadcast right now, um, okay. are not for unique legendaries. Does that mean we can have three of each of us? No. Would you really want more of me? <laughs> that sounds awful. Yeah, I think, I think Justin is great, but I think more than one Justin is bad. Jesus, it'd be terrible. It was almost like what happened when I hung out with Corey. <laughs> Run, running running three justins is like the real oh life God. version of mud crab merchant meta okay low-key Corey did remind me of justin a little yeah. bit we had a good time hanging out <laughs> but like we needed we needed someone like like derek around to keep us off our bullshit <laughs> pi pi wants to know will uh where your name comes from the please don't hack me Oh, uh, so what actually happened was uh, a long time ago, I played Facebook games and uh, because they were very grindy and all I did was like, I, like I would log in like every day for like a year. So I, things were like developed. So people would actually go on my account and then I, I would change my password. And then after a couple of times, I noticed that we could use a username instead of an email to log in. And I was like, you know what? I should set a username. And then I... I ended up setting it to please don't hack me, and then I ju it just stuck out of habit for typing it. I, I Actually, my account was made to be very easy to hack because I was very lazy with the security. <laughs> it, it stuck because, you know, wh when you set something, it's you type it over and over, it's just easy, right? Yeah, fair. Uh, it was never... It was not meant to be a name that anyone ever said, so it's actually super <laughs> awkward now. Like when they were on stage saying who won, my name, who won, and stuff like that, it was sounded super awkward. I feel bad for the people. 
Thank That's you. funny. I mean, at least you're not like, you know, Pussy Slayer 69 or something like that, right? <laughs> okay, I, oh, bet, yeah, I, I bet like Beth- Bethesda would have requested that I get a name change before. It or Dude, I was helping a guy uh, a while back make a resume at work. And um, he's like, yeah, you know, I changed changed my life. I'm looking for a job now and stuff. He's, I never had a real job. We're filling it out, and I was like, all right, so what's your email address? Oh, and I asked him, too. I was like, how long have you been sober? He's like, oh, I've been sober for a couple of years. I was like, all right, so what's your email address? So as I'm helping him with his resume, he's like, oh, it's smokeweed every day, 420 <laughs> or some shit like that. I was like, bro, we're going to have to get you a new email. I'm just like, well, but that's the one I always use. I was like, you, you ever gotten a response to any of your applications? He's like, well, no. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, when something sticks from a time you don't want it to stick, the awkward things can happen. Yeah. Like, uh, I have certain accounts with usernames and passwords that I will leave long forgotten happily. <clears throat> yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. I think last week or two weeks ago on the show we were talking about making alternate like like character nicks for Reddit mm-hmm. and like how like I have a whole bunch of them but like I can never remember how to log into them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sad. Please don't employ me at Yahoo.com. Yeah, exactly. That's great, dude. <laughs> They got GeoCities closed down forever. Holy shit. I was in a band in the 90s and we had a GeoCities website. I don't even know what GeoCities is. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like this. It was just like a platform where you could, for free, like make your own just like awful website. Just full of like. I don't know. They weren't really like emo kids. If there were emo kids at the time, they would have been making sites on there. But it was like goth kids and stuff like that. Yeah. I see. Um, Mac had asked, uh, did Person of Secrets miss Lethal with Black Hand intentionally or not? Uh, it was not no. intentional. We talked to him after no. the fact. Um, he said, that was the reason I asked, uh, Will the question earlier about, like, what you could hear through the headphones, because he told me afterwards, he said, um, even though they, like, muffle it or whatever so that you can't really hear what's going on, he knew something had happened because of the crowd reaction. Like he could hear that, like the place erupted. So then it was after the game had ended that he realized he'd made the mistake. Mm-hmm, yeah. He, he was very inexperienced on Nick Sox, And like, I could tell um, during the other games. And I want to say that is okay. Like I understand that when you, you obviously expect extremely high level play and personal secrets was a good player. But it's very, very difficult to prepare on short notice as with uh, with no prior competitive scene for good decks two weeks after the balance patch um, that you're happy and comfortable. It is much more difficult than you're giving these players credit for. It is very hard. <clears throat> is there a schedule? Um, I Okay, so what... What was happening, it, it was just a small project I wanted to see. I wanted to see how much the community liked my coaching. So um, I, I, it's not really a predetermined thing. Uh, I, will be up, I will be tweeting updates on um, information for my future coaching sessions. So you can find that there. 
All right. We want uh, to know, this is from Endozoa. Okay. What is Will's dad's favorite manga? He does not read manga. He actually, when he sees that I am reading manga, he the, his reaction is, look, he still reads picture books. Huh. I I would have thought he wrote it. No, that is not the case. Somebody is in chat, a... somebody, sorry, I got distracted. Somebody in chat says, loving the Baroness cosplay happening <laughs> in the background. That was amazing. That was absolutely amazing. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, my God. That's Parents actually... just don't understand. Oh, that's funny. All right. And we are officially caught up on questions at that point. Perfect timing. Right. Because we are we are uh, at at the end here of the the normal podcast time. Anyway, is there anything that you want to say, like in closing, Will? Anything? You've got this platform. You're okay. the most recognizable uh, player in the game. You are the Master Series champion. You are the person who has slightly less student debt now than you did before. Yes. Yes. What do you lot, What do you want to less. say? Um. If you want to get better, you can always get better. Um, I know we don't have that much resources, but like, I can I can always get better. So you can too. Um, don't be intimidated if you want to be a competitive player. Uh, you don't have to be a good player to participate in tournaments because that is the best way to become one step closer to being a good player. Um, so participate in warp metas and whatever tournaments you can find, even if you don't think you can or will win. Uh, I you'd never go into a tournament expecting to win. You go into a tournament wanting to do your best and perform the best that the opportunity provides you. Good luck. It's a good message. Yeah, yeah. I want to thank you very much for uh, taking your time to be on the show. Um, I want to congratulate you again on your amazing performance and your first place finish at QuakeCon. Uh, it's been a real it's been a real treat talking to you over the last several months and watching yes. you succeed. Likewise in the in this tournament it's been an absolute blast uh you did get the hug we did hug yes, yes. you I, did I promise me and you did give it to I me. did deliver yeah we did hug and uh yeah i'm really excited to see what's next for you this is this has been good times Thank oh you. and boat mister has the most important question which i'm still pissed about which is did i get paid with a giant check after all i did not get paid with a giant check and i am pretty upset about this <laughs> Listen, I'm going to go out on a limb and say if they were to make a giant check, it would cost more than what they actually paid us. Well, that's, that makes think, me feel guilty for not bringing back my giant check. You didn't bring back your giant check? <laughs> what the fuck, dude? That's the best thing that happened. Okay, I had a trophy, okay? Yeah, that is true. You did get a trophy. I forgot about that. Yeah, he got a murder <laughs> weapon of a trophy. It is a pretty sweet trophy. I think it was fucking a pain in the ass to bring back. It was heavy, but no, I did not bring back my giant check because it was a pain in the ass to bring. Before uh, they saw the trophy, one of the players asked me if it was like a good hefty trophy, and I, I had described it as um, it was heavy enough that if you had said to me, Colonel Mustard with the trophy in the study... Like oh, you could use it to, to describe a murder weapon, and I stand by that. It, it's a legit trophy. That's funny. <laughs> it's it's like over ten pounds at least. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we we want to thank you for stopping by. We really appreciate it. We'll obviously see you a whole lot more. Good times. Yes. yes. And there it is. There's the official good times, which means we're rounding it out. <laughs> 
just to say that every time. Yeah, yeah. it's just, a, I just start like spewing nonsense when I get tired. And, all right. I don't know. The so, ideal podcast length for me is like an hour, but we, and actually every episode is supposed to be an hour. They all end up two and a half. Yeah. So. <laughs> Show a trophy again? Yeah, bring out the trophy. Yeah. That'd be My life is terrible, but I'll try. Have your dad actually bring a trophy. <laughs> Have him stand up and grab it. <laughs> Can you guys see it? Oh my god. There we go. Master Series Trophy. 2018 champion. Please don't hack me. Will from Toronto. All right. Well, let's uh, let's all say goodnight to Will's dad as well. Goodnight, Will's dad. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess this is now where we say we'll see him on the ladder, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Do you want to say it, Will? We'll see you on the ladder. There you go. <laughs>